Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Business of Design. I'm really glad you're here. I'm Kimberly Selden, and it's a sunny day where I am. I hope that's true for you too, figuratively and literally. It's been busier than I would like it to be in the summertime. You know how you feel like just being a little bit lazy. But today's topic is going to have you thinking about how to be more productive with that time you spend networking. Yeah, networking. It is definitely not my favorite activity. Partly, I now know because I don't think I've been in the habit of approaching it in a strategic manner. I haven't had a plan. Slowly but surely, that is definitely changing for me as I learn new strategies to make networking work for me. Tanya Bell, who is a Melbourne designer, is a master networker, and she has an actual strategy for effective networking, which she is going to share with all of us shortly. You may or may not know this, but when I interview guests and they give advice, I do my very best to implement or test out that advice before the podcast airs. I have some control issues. There's no doubt about it. But one of the things Tanya suggested during our conversation was actually very simple advice. I said that I wasn't great at the hard sell. And she said that that is really not important. It's okay to take a more subtle approach. And in fact, the language she used is let the person know that you can help them with whatever problem or challenge they're experiencing. So I put this idea to the test this week. It happened organically. I wasn't expecting to do it, but I was at a client's house and her son-in-law showed up and uh, we got chatting. He said, I love what you've done for my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. And he mentioned that he was currently living through renovation hell. That was his term. And I asked him what was going on. And so I was able to give him a little bit of advice, a little bit of feedback, some ideas that might help him. And During the course of the conversation, he mentioned they didn't even have window coverings. So I decided this could be an opportunity where I see if offering my help might in fact prompt him to hire me. So I said, you know, the thing about the window coverings is you actually need them in order to sleep properly and to feel safe and secure in your home. So I can help you with that. Then there was this awkward pause and I thought, it, maybe it lasted three seconds. You know how it seems like it lasts forever. But anyway, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I just made a total ass of myself. He absolutely doesn't want to hire me. I just inserted myself into his life and he's trying to, you know, diplomatically back out of the room and not have to talk to me anymore. And then he says, I would love to hire you, but I don't think our budget is anything like the budget my in-laws have. And so I said, oh my gosh, I totally get that. Don't worry about it. Why don't you just meet with my drapery person? And he said, well, that would be great actually, but will he be okay at picking fabrics for the house? And the truth of the matter is my drapery person is incredible, but he's a bit colorblind. So I said, well, 
No, um, I think that he'd be great at describing styles and he'll come up with, you know, solutions for privacy, et cetera. But you're probably going to have to do a little bit of legwork there unless you need some help. And he said, actually, we really would like to hire you for that. Is that something you would do? Something just little like that. And so there you go. I picked up a very small but pleasurable job. Who doesn't love looking for fabrics? That's my favorite part. Uh, or one of my favorite parts anyway, and it wouldn't have happened without Tanya's suggestion. So there you go. Let me tell you a little bit more about Tanya Bell of Green Room Interiors in Melbourne, Australia. She started her business over 15 years ago, and she's been decorating and designing residential interiors all over Melbourne ever since. She relies on a personal process where she uses her highly tuned sense of intuition to connect with her clients and to get inside of their heads, as she puts it, so she can then manifest their vision. And she also relies heavily on collaboration and building relationships, which ties in really nicely to the conversation we're going to have today. I know you're going to like Tanya as much as I do. I've got a couple of quick housekeeping announcements, and I'm on my own today because Miss Cheryl is enjoying a long weekend. I hope she's chilling out on a dock somewhere wearing sunscreen. Yes, (laughs) I'm a mom. I have to say that. My first announcement, we have two spots left for Business of Design's Elite Retreat Santa Monica. And if you've been noodling the idea about wondering, should I do this now is the time to act. Why? Because I guarantee we will make it worth your while. You will learn things that will improve your business for sure. You will make lifelong connections with other mature business owners who are in it to win it. That's a big deal, right? Because you can have a support network of designers who are fun and cool, but if they are not thriving and really creating businesses that sing, then you're not getting the best advice. And another reason you should attend, yesterday I just confirmed a second home tour we will be going to, and I'm pinching myself. I cannot believe we are going to get into this house. I've known about this house a long time. I have never been inside. I am going to go visit this summer. I've seen the pictures. I know the story. I'm dying. Come with us and take advantage of a business trip that's going to feel like a mini vacation for sure as well. Business of Design Elite Retreat Santa Monica, October 24th to 27th, $28.99, the best money you can spend on your business. Go to businessofdesign.com and you can find a more detailed itinerary. When you sign up, we are going to send you a questionnaire asking you some specific questions about your business so we can tailor the learnings to you. That's something we always do for our events. And that ties into announcement number two. I'm going to briefly mention that Business of Design Conference is back Saturday, January 25th and Sunday, January 26th at Las Vegas Market. If you've never been to a Business of Design conference, I guarantee you it's not going to be like any other you have attended. We are big on substance and we avoid theory. You're going to be so happy you attended. We're going to give you more information in the next few weeks, but there is an itinerary to get you started at businessofdesign.com. Act now and you can take advantage of early bird pricing, $11.95 until October 1st. After that, it goes up to $13.95. 
Are we the best value in the industry bar none? Yes, we are. Your support of Business of Design, events, and membership allows us to create new content like the operations manual, which is coming soon, and the hiring practices course, which involves all the strategies I use pre-hiring, during hiring, post-hiring, which we launched recently. So thank you so much for your support. We can't do this work without you. And I'm really looking forward to working directly with you. I know I can make a difference in your life. Last week, I mentioned that we had a new sponsor, Build Lane. I have since been working on an item of furniture with the Build Lane team for one of my projects. And by the way, I am not getting this for free. Uh, This is a a legit process for us uh, because we wanted to make sure that this is a sponsorship that we can wholeheartedly support. And I mentioned that I submitted a quote request and it came back really quickly. I was super impressed. What happened next? A few questions came back from the person who's going to be building the piece of furniture And uh, we agreed on a price, which happened seamlessly, and we are moving on to shop drawings. So I have to say, especially in today's environment where our trades are so busy, one of the biggest challenges is getting them to give us pricing when we need it quickly. It really has been a challenge recently. So I'm thrilled with what I've seen so far, and I will keep you posted as we move through this process, I promise. Thank you, Build Lane, by the way, for upping your commitment to the Business of Design community, and they are going to be hosting a contest for the U.S. and Canada. It's going to be a $2,500 prize. That is sweet. Let me tell you how you can win. Go to businessofdesign.com. You'll see an ad for Build Lane. Click on that ad and you'll find full contest details. The contest begins July 1st at noon and ends on August 23rd at 11.59 p.m. You do not have to purchase anything. All you have to do is create a free account and use the promo code BOD2019. Full contest details are on the site. There will be one winner chosen, and that winner will be announced on September 2nd during episode number 128 of Business of Design podcast. This is important. The winner is going to have 48 hours to respond to see if they won. And if no response is received within 48 hours, another winner is going to be chosen. So episode 128, make sure you are tuned in if you are eager to win the $2,500 prize. Full details at businessofdesign.com. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your support. And now back to the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Tanya's 
you are. Tell everybody where you are. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening, wherever you're listening. I'm actually in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and it is just gone 5.30 a.m. Saturday morning. Nobody gets up at 5.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> Nobody. Wow. So that's dedication for you, Kimberly. That absolutely is. And you and I had the opportunity to talk really pretty briefly when I was in Melbourne at Andrew Mitchell's event that Friday evening. Yes, we did. And and what an evening it was. It was like being at a rock concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just remember being um, emotionally overwhelmed by the reception and Andrew's description and just so full of gratitude that I couldn't, I actually couldn't speak. I teared up. It was, it was well, a I, crazy I was night. I was the woman who gave you the tissue. Do you remember? I totally remember that. Yeah, you were sitting off to my left-hand side. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a sentimental sap anyway, but that, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, anyway, there you go. There's a lot at stake, right? We put ourselves in these vulnerable positions where we're going to share intimately about how it works in our business, how it doesn't work in our business. And there's a lot at stake and suddenly emotions uh, were very big that, that evening for me. But what an amazing community and what a mature support network you guys have there as a whole. I was really impressed with yes. it. Yes, we are very lucky. We we have got some fabulous people that have formed uh, groups online on Facebook and even in person. I actually co-facilitate a small networking group within our industry in Melbourne, uh, along with some colleagues. We run a, a networking group that we get together and collaborate and share and have guest speakers. So a lot of those colleagues were there with us on that night as well. Well, there's a lot to be said for that local support group, right? Because you have unique problems or unique challenges rather when you live somewhere like Australia because you're somewhat isolated. Um, yes. Canada has some similar issues because we're not as big in terms of per capita and a lot of our shipping crosses a border. So it does make sense that you would get together locally and kind of help each other out, lend a hand. And you're going to lend a hand to everyone listening today by talking yes. about something you're really skilled at, which is networking. I'm terrible at networking. So I'm like <laughs> all ears. I'm going to actually do what you advise, whatever that is. So let's start with the basics. Why should I bother networking? I hate small talk. I love to go to a party with close friends, uh, but I have no interest in going to these big, huge industry parties with 300 people and a lot of posing going on. So why should I even network? Well, I believe that networking and relationship building is one of the foundations that has built my business and a lot of uh, other people in the industry. But um, I think in particular, I have a, a skill in it because I grew up with a father who was broke away from the family business and started his own business and all of his business that came in was through connections he'd made with people and it was either referrals, word of mouth or even his reputation as his business grew, he had people coming from all around to come and have work done at his, he was a, a welding engineer and he had people that would come from all over Melbourne just to get work done by him. He was a bit of a specialist, an artisan in his craft. So I had that growing up 
um, in the background and, you know, as children you, you don't you don't really pay attention to what's going on, but subconsciously you do. And so when I started my business, it was just innate for me to actually start building relationships right from the get-go. And unfortunately, some people don't have that skill. And, you know, I, I kind of took it for granted that I, I knew how to talk to people and um, perhaps even get down, drill down and work out what they're needing and seeing if we can actually work together. So, so your father modeled that behavior for you. And yes. I assume that he wasn't shy about being very direct if he wanted someone to hire him. Yes, yes. Although he, he took the subtle road when it came to sales. Um, I think he just perhaps uh, highlighted the fact that he could help people. And he was so personable that people just wanted to work with him. So you followed that as well. You became somebody yeah. who was engaged in the conversation, um, yes. but you didn't go after a hard sell. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's it good. Because sometimes a... I think that's the thing you're supposed to do when you're networking is say, I want to work with you. But that's kind of frightening to be on either end of that, I think. Oh, it is. I've, I've experienced it myself. I have people come up to me at, at events and shove their business card in my face. And, you know, the, their main aim of being at the event is to hand out as many business cards as they can and work the room. That is completely the opposite of how I work. Okay. So that is what not to do in networking. So <laughs> assume that people listening do not have a great level of confidence when it comes to networking. <sighs> What are the things that we can do to improve that skill? Well, the biggest tip I can offer anyone starting out as a newbie in business or even well-established business people that want to improve on their networking, it can be really scary, but the best thing is just to be yourself um, because people can see through any fake claims or pretenses. So... Being a little bit vulnerable is actually okay. And when you, you're meeting someone for this first time saying, gosh, there's a lot of people here and, gee, I, I want to connect with people, but um, you look like you're friendly. Let's have a chat. You know, so just you be mean open. I don't have to go into it acting like I have it all figured out. I don't have to walk oh. up and thrust my hand out and say, glad to know you, Kimberly Selden. I can just uh, approach them <laughs> in a more authentic way and say, you know, I'm not great at small talk, but here we are. So let's have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And and start by asking a lot of questions about them because people feel, well, they, they, they love being um, talking about themselves. And if you start showing interest in them, then they, if they're any, any kind of genuine person, they will reciprocate and ask you questions. So then you start a conversation. And I find that's the easiest thing. In, in fact, I still suffer a little bit with that when I turn, turn up at an event and there's like 110 business women and I don't know anyone. I try and find someone that I can, you know, that might be someone that's standing on their own um, and they look, they look friendly and you just go up and say hello and say, gosh, have you been to this event before or have you been to this area before? Um, it's, it's a bit nerve-wracking. To, to start but yeah it, it gets better if you practice it each time it's it gets easier I find I look for someone who looks more terrified than I feel and I'll, I'll think you know that person looks like they could use someone to speak to and that sort of 
eases me into making conversation. But I don't know that strategically that is so smart. Like I probably should be aiming a little higher in terms of making more, yes. yeah, more powerful yeah. connections. That's probably, as I said, a good way to start. But I, I tend to find that when I'm at events like that, you soon work out pretty quickly whether they're going to be the type of person you could work with potentially or they could be someone that could refer work to you. Um, if you find that, it, because you want to be effective with your time, if you find that you're getting into the conversation it's kind of going nowhere and you think, mm, not sure about this person, you can then ease out of the conversation quite easily um, just by perhaps actually saying, oh, gee, I've just seen someone I know across the room, do you mind, or uh, suggest that you go and, and get a drink or say, oh, gee, I have to whip off to the to the ladies' room before we start. And then that's a nice ease out without offending them too much. Um, yeah. So that's good to know. Prepare for your exit strategy in the event <laughs> you, you need one. I had a girlfriend who used to, I forget why she was visiting people in her car, but if she didn't intend to stay long, she would say, I have ice cream in the car. Like I had just been grocery shopping and there's ice cream, so I can't stay. I guess I can't say that at a networking event. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Do you have, um, I, you know, sometimes you'll watch a movie or you'll see a television show and then they'll be in a conversation with a guy about his pickup lines he uses on a woman or a woman, her pickup line she uses on a man. Are there pickup lines that you've used at networking events or introduction lines that you have used that have been successful? Well, it depends where you are, but um, sometimes so, you, you don't don't always need to say who you are and what your intentions are. It kind of comes out naturally with conversation. And I think what, what I tend to do, Kimberly, is before I go to an event, I have an intention. I set an intention. And generally it is to make a genuine connection with one or two individuals. And, in fact, I, I put that into practice on Thursday morning. I had a networking breakfast out at the beautiful Yarra Valley it's a wine region. Uh, it's about an hour and a half drive out of Melbourne. And um, anyway, it was a beautiful breakfast, crisp morning, crisp autumn morning. And when I arrived, I was sitting in the car and I did a little bit of a, uh, an Instagram story. And I then sat down and said to myself, right, I want to make two connections today. And I did. I met a woman who her and her husband run a supermarket in the region and they're second generation. And she was a very interesting lady. And we, not, not that we'd probably be doing business together, but she was a quite a strong woman in the community. Um, and I thought, well, that she'd be a very useful person to know. And then as I was walking out, I met, uh, of course, we were standing in, in line to go to the ladies' room. <laughs> and I struck a conversation up with a woman who we had very similar, um, I guess, uh, spiritual kind of paths actually, um, and we connected on that level. So, yeah, there could be some potential there for me to even do some of her workshops um, to help me with my self-development work. I have found in situations like networking where for me, if they, it always feels somewhat challenging to do those things. I try to be as specific as possible in terms of my intentions. And I'm thinking of those listeners who maybe don't have enough work, who might 
desperately need to make a friend in the industry or to get a client, it might be worth setting an intention that has more specifics around it, wouldn't you say? Yes. And I guess knowing how quickly to move on can be helpful too, because I know sometimes Mm. I've overstayed in a conversation out of (laughs) fear of hurting their feelings. If you need something from that event, you can't afford to stay and talk to somebody for half an hour out of politeness. Yes. So the exit strategy, again, is really important. And I like the one that you offered up, which is, I'm so sorry, I see someone over there that I need to go say hello to, and off you go. Um, because I have made the mistake of saying, I'm going to go for a drink. And then they've said, oh, I'll come with you. It's like, oh, dear. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't mean I was going to go for a drink. I meant I was going to go into another room and hide from you is what I actually meant. Um, Okay, so we don't have to be direct either. But how then, if we meet someone, let's say we meet someone and we think this is a potential client, how can I let them know I'd like to work with them or how far should I go? They've been, well, a lot of people love to tell you about problems when they are, when you you mention what you do for a living and they say, oh gosh, we got this happening and that happening or we need help with this or I'm really having, how do you go about finding out about this? And I say, well, gee, I really would like to know more about that and and it's probably not the right place today to talk about it, but um, it would be fabulous to have a conversation with you to find out if we can work together. And it sounds like uh, I can help you with with the type of expertise that I have in my team or my my business. Um, How about we we set up a conversation or perhaps give me your contact details and I'll, I'll arrange to give you a call next week or, you know, um, I think it's it's good to, to not go into too much detail there then and there because you know I'm I usually like to take notes when I'm meeting with or talking with a client potential client for the first time mm-hmm. and that's where I pick up things but when you're at a networking event there's so much else going on that can perhaps come into my vision and distract me so that's when I, I, I show them the enthusiasm that I have for their projects. Like mm-hmm. I say things like, wow, that sounds amazing. I'd really love to work with you. I think we've developed a little bit of a rapport here and I think that's a really good starting point. If you have that, you feel that you have that rapport with them right from the get-go of meeting, then go with it. Don't ignore that because that's that's going to be gold down the track. So that's good information for two reasons. One, Because as you say, it's very distracting there for you and for the potential client as well. There's a lot going on at these network events. But it's also good to get into the habit of directing the conversation to a more appropriate time, right? Or or directing the conversation to someone in your office who's going to phone that person back and see if they want a consultation. Like in that situation, I'm not going to suggest that we go for coffee at a later date to discuss her design project. What I'm going to say is, can I have your information? I'm going to get someone from the office to phone you on Tuesday morning and talk to you about setting up a consultation. I would love to work with you. So yeah, I I appreciate what you said, that you want to show your enthusiasm, but not necessarily answer their decorating questions while you're at a networking party. That's right. Yeah, it's not, it's not appropriate. And it's like the old story of a doctor being at at a social gathering and people start telling the doctor about their ailments and then the doctor trying well them expecting the doctor to give them a um 
a solution to their problem. It's it's the same thing. We can't do that when we're in a different no, setting. We cannot. <laughs> so tell me about a situation where you meet a supplier. Let's say... Let's say it's uh, a furniture store and they do high-end furniture and you have high-end clients and you want to explore the possibility of them leading customers to you in exchange for you leading customers to them. Is that kind of a situation you might find yourself in? Yes, yes. Uh, The other thing too, Kimberly, is in that situation, it may not necessarily be reciprocated. So you can't expect that all the time with any kind of alliance that you build. For instance, um, at this breakfast I was at the other day, I bumped into the wife of my upholsterer and I actually met her at a networking event many years ago and she introduced me to her husband and I've been working with him ever since. And she said, oh, you should work with my husband. He does this beautiful work. And so once I did meet with him, him and I were on the same page. It was fabulous. We we converse very well together and, and, you know, have a bit of banter when we speak. I refer work to him all the time. I have my clients, him pick up all from all over Melbourne, actually, and apparently I'm one of the only decorators that he goes above and beyond for. <laughs> so I don't actually get work back from him, which is fine for me because he helps me make, he, he makes me look good. Yeah. And... You know, the work that I, that he produces, it, it's amazing. He just manifests exactly what I, I imagine for, for my clients, beautiful pieces of furniture. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it's not always a tit-for-tat kind of thing, but you do need those suppliers who make you look good every single time. Yes, definitely, yes. Is that a referral partner or what is a referral partner? Well, a referral partner to me is some trusted other business person, service provider or manufacturer or supplier that sees a need in someone that comes to them, a client or someone they're working with, sees a need for my service. And so they they then say, you should be working with Tanya at Green Room Interiors because she can help you with that problem. So then it's a matter of them giving these potential clients my information or it could even be a matter of them saying, hey, I'll get Tanya to ring you and she'll make an appointment with you. Okay, so when you think of referral partners, you're thinking of those suppliers who actually send you business. So it might be a contractor or a builder, but not necessarily your upholsterer who doesn't see a lot of independent customers maybe. Yes, yes, yeah. So when you go to a networking event, have you ever targeted somebody like that, a builder, and thought I need to do more custom homes and I'm going to go to this event and speak to a builder specifically and see what we can work out? Yes, yes, I have. Um, It's funny, I, I always read people's name tags first. From a distance I see and I, I look around and I pan the room and sometimes I see yeah, constructions in their in their name or it might be um, yeah, something to do with building and I think, oh, I want to go and talk to them. Or it, it's actually one little tip as well, Kimberly, that I've picked up over the years is when you arrive, plan to arrive at the networking event early and even before anyone gets there if you can because you arrive 
everyone's got their name, the, the organisers have got the name badges of all the attendees set out on the table, <laughs> right? So you pick out your name badge and while you're looking for yours, you're panning through and going, oh, oh, that person sounds interesting. And so then you've got a bit of an idea before you even meet people, before you see anyone, the type of people that are going to be there. So that is, I've picked that up over the years that that's, because I'm a bit of an early bird, I like to arrive, you know, on time or even if it's five or ten minutes early. And that is really useful to me and it has been beneficial. That is so smart. I feel like I need to pull out my phone and next time and just take a picture and then go in the, oh. quietly in the back and like, oh, scut them out and then wait for them to arrive and pounce <laughs> that's even better. I haven't even, hadn't even thought about that, Kimberly. That's that's really clever. <laughs> How much would you say of the networking experience is you talking versus you listening? I'm very conscious of that. Yeah, good question. I I'm very aware that, like I said, it it's actually really good for me to ask questions and open-ended questions. Um, so things like what sort of business do you do? What type of clients do you like to work with? What sort of problems do you have with attracting clients or what sort of issues do your clients have? So once you open those, ask those open questions, then it leads them to hopefully not a monologue, but um, huh. it's, it's really important for me that I get to know these people and I, I I guess I kind of lead the conversation in a lot of interactions I have with people those are good questions just to have in your back pocket though I, I yes. think those are tremendously good questions and I always think it's helpful to memorize something so in the event everything falls apart and I have no idea what to say I've got something in my back pocket at least if you're relatively new to networking or maybe you're not new to networking but you haven't been using networking effectively because I can go to a an industry party and have fun talking to other yes. designers that's oh, not yeah. so hard right but if my yeah. intention is to meet a referral partner or my intention is to come away with a new supplier or a new client I've got a different job in front of me Mm, that's right. So I think that's a very good point, Kimberly, because we're all very busy professionals and when we go to a networking event, it's work. It's not going to a cocktail party on a Saturday night, you know. It, it actually is very better use of our time if we have an intention before we go and and stick to that, you know, because otherwise we're throwing away, you know, some events are up to $100, you know, for these two or three-hour events and we're also wasting our time, like actually driving to the event, attending and then driving back, and then invariably you, you chat to someone after the event and the time drags on. So, for, for example, last on Thursday, I didn't leave the event until 12 p.m. and I arrived at 8 a.m. Oh, wow. So that's four hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, four hours of your life you're not going to get back. So it was that's either it. should be satisfying on some deeply soulful level or super fun or productive. It's got to be something, yes. right? Um, that's right. And I guess that's the truth. I've gone to too many events where I went, I checked in, I didn't want to be there. My body language probably spoke very clearly, I don't want to be here. And I'm in and out really quickly and I think it's a waste of time, but it's. I don't think I approached it very well. Mm. Yep. 
One other thing, not that I would want to dwell too much on it, but um, it's it, making better use of our time and being more productive. It's actually important to set a bit of a, an agenda when it comes to how many events you attend. So events come in your inbox all the time or you get people invite you to things and even, you know, industry events as well. And it, I find it's because I'm a, I'm a mother who has a, a school-aged child, I have to be really careful with breakfasts I go to and evening events because it interrupts my family time. So I tend to set my intention to only attend one event a month now that I'm established in business. But for new, newer business owners, it may be an intention they, they set to be perhaps go to one industry event a month and then maybe two networking events within different industries per month. That might be a realistic goal to aim for. I remember my business coach telling me to go to one event a week and I thought, are you out of your mind? I don't, I don't need more work. I don't want more work and I don't like strangers. So why would I do that? But she wanted me to get comfortable using this time productively. And one of the things she taught me, which I thought was really great is do not give your business card away. Take theirs because you should be following up after the event immediately if you intend to work with this person? Yes. I'm not one of these people that, that work the room and shove my business card in everyone's face. If someone asks me for my business card after we've had a conversation, of course I hand it over. But, yeah, not until then. But getting their business card is better. It puts oh, you in control of whether I, or not the conversation is going to go forward. So let's say you made the connection. Now what happens after the event? Do you phone the next day? Is it like going on a date with someone and you're supposed to wait three days so you don't look too eager? Or do you phone right away? How does that work? When I book an event in my diary, I like to allow a little bit of time the next day just to go through and collate the business cards that I've collected or the connections I've made and then look through and work out who I want to um, connect with again and and uh, re reconnect, I should say. Um, I, I might go and have a look on their LinkedIn profile. I'll check out their, their social media. Um, I'll join up if I haven't done on the day because that's something quite often what I do is we connect on, on Instagram mostly because that's my platform where I hang out. And then I might go and check out their profile and just, you know, go in and make some comments or likes on their on their page and just um, show some interest and learn more about their business. So then I also, in that time that I've allocated the, the day after or it might be the, the second day after the event, I then schedule to either give them a phone call to set up in a meeting or I send them an email. But I prefer phone calls because I think, again, it's more personable and I think people can forget emails and they just come in, you know, we're all busy. We sometimes flag that to follow up, but, you know, sometimes things get lost. So it's actually really important for me that I, I continue that um, the type of communication that I've set up in the beginning and that's face-to-face -face or, you know, phone conversation. And are you expecting an immediate turnaround in terms of their response? Like, do you say like, they have to call me back in the next couple of days or, and then do you follow up ever? I do follow up. Yes. So if I haven't heard from them, I 
I might then send an email then and I'll say, hey, I loved meeting you last week at the Women on the Go event. Um, I, I sent you, I left a voicemail message. I know you're a busy person, but I'd really love to set up that meeting for us to talk about our potentially working together and referring clients to each other. Or, again, it might be a matter of me um, setting up that initial consultation with a potential client. So, yeah, the follow-up. There's a fine line between being too pushy and not being caring enough um, about them because you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes voicemail messages don't get through. I've had that instance where someone didn't get my voicemail message or it might be a matter of them not even, um, yeah, they might, I may not be able to leave a voicemail message. Some some people don't allow that on their, their phones. So, yeah, it's always good to follow up and give them the benefit of the doubt, as I said, because people are busy and you need to show them that you still care. So we need to not take it personally if we don't hear back in the first 12 seconds, but just at least give them yeah. one more attempt. Yeah, that's right. Keeping in touch is is really important. Once you do establish that relationship with alliance partners or referral partners and having a system for how often you stay in touch with them, that's really important because you can set up all these, this initial meeting, you, you, refer, you might refer a client to them or they'll refer a client to you, but then you've got to continue that arrangement, maybe arranging an, um, a, a coffee meeting once every six months. Mm-hmm. It might be sending them an email once a month to say, hey, I'm still here, and gosh, thank you for that client. It, it, that project's going really, really well. Here's, here's some progress shots of what we're doing together. It might be sending them a note in the mail, um, in particular if they've sent you a client that you're really working well with and they're, they're profitable for your business, sending them a note in the mail or even buying them a gift and hand-delivering it Very <laughs> if nice. possible. Yeah, it's like any relationship, right? You can't have a relationship with someone if you're not putting in some effort. Yes. So when you say have a system, do you actually have uh, some something written down or do you kind of know that you're going to kind of check in on everybody quarterly or what do you use as a system? Yeah, I, I have an Excel spreadsheet, as simple as that. <laughs> and it's one of the sheets that I have. I've got plenty of Excel spreadsheets, well, a handful, I should say, on my desktop. And they're things like... Um, to do with operations in, in my business, but the networking part of it and the alliance partner is one of the um, spreadsheets I have that I check regularly. So I check a couple of times a week on that and then I've got little columns where I have, you know, the last time I caught up the conversation, just a brief little note about what we did or said or what, what transpired. Um, and then I, yeah, because I'm, keeping their front of mind for myself, I think, gosh, I haven't spoken to uh, so-and-so for a little while. I'll give them a call, see how things are going. So it's a memory jogger. You take this really seriously. So I'm assuming that there must have been some really good payoffs for this hard work. What are the types of connections that you have made networking that have meant a great deal to you? 
Well, that's a that's a great question, Kimberly, because I actually had in my notes I had an example of of a fabulous connection that I've made over over the years, and it's um, still continuing. Um, when, gosh, it must have been maybe about four or five years ago, I met a woman who she her and I had similar. Uh, I guess, personal development kind of strategies and she was in the field of personal development and we just struck a chord and became friends in business. And we didn't do business together. I didn't I didn't hire her for anything and she didn't hire me, but we just kept in touch and we'd bump into each other at different events. And then one day she rang me and she said, Tanya, I've got a... Um, a real estate contact of mine who he's he actually is selling my house and he's a really lovely guy and I just thought you and him might actually have some alliances and you know you might have some common ground um, and you may be able to work together I don't know but would you like me to introduce you to him and I went yeah why not that sounds great if you're recommending that he is a lovely person and you're getting along well with him then if he's if he's on your page, then he'll be on my page because we had so much, this woman and I had so much in common. Anyway, I met with this guy. His name is Michael Muncy and he is, at the time he was running, he was actually a sales agent for an agency out, just out of my area and we met and we struck a call, struck it off, struck um, this friendship up straight away and like we couldn't stop talking. It was just, oh, my gosh, we're, we're on the same page. He was like, as we were talking, he's going, gosh, I could really work with you. How can we work together? I really want to work with you. And then he said to me, you know, I've got, I've got this little gap in my, in my business where I need someone to come in and give my clients some advice on how to style their home in preparation for sale, but they don't need to hire furniture. They don't need all the the bells and whistles, but they just, they've got some beautiful things already, but they need someone to, you know, zhuzh it up a little bit and give them some um, interesting ways of, of putting it all together. And I went, hey, Mike, I could do that for you. That's something that I could do in my sleep, you know. So <laughs> he tri we trialled it and it was a success straight away, like in and out in an hour, gave them some advice I sent him my invoice, he paid my invoice, and I went, oh, my gosh, this is so good. So he then moved, six months later, he then moved to another agency, and he was then, he was actually headhunted to be the, the head sales guy of this agency. And I went, oh, that's great. And he was really excited to bring me on board with them as well. And so now that's expanded to all the six or seven agents within his office and an additional office that is uh, within what's in the next municipality. And I work for all of those guys. So I get two or three of those a week that just come to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's incredible. So that, just that little, like not knowing when I meet this woman, where it's going to lead. So that's why it's really important for me to be genuine and authentic mm -hmm. in my connections because you never know who people know. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. almost like an actor, right? You just keep showing up to auditions. You just keep showing up to networking <laughs> events. And eventually it's your turn. 
you're going to get this yes. great payoff. I think that's really inspiring. I love that. And I admire people who are good at networking. And I can tell when I'm at an, a party or an event and they come up and start talking to me. I'm like, man, the time flew. It was very constructive. Uh, clearly they have a gift for knowing how to do this. And now the rest of us can practice as well. You know, Tanya, we love to end every episode with something called design intervention. Well, at the outset, I think I I mentioned um, be yourself. People can see through any inauthenticity or inauthentic behaviour. So don't say things for the sake of saying it. Like actually... Don't, don't get verbal diarrhea when it comes to meeting <laughs> meeting people. Actually be prepared to listen. Yeah. So have a few handy questions in your back pocket so you will be able to start off that constructive conversation. Yes. Good. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much. Are you going to get to go back to bed? No, no, I'm up for the day now. And, in fact, we've got a federal election happening in Australia this today and so I'll be going off to cast my vote on a Saturday Um, yes in Australia we have mostly elections are held on a Saturday and we have um in this country we we have compulsory voting so we have to go and vote and we have to decide on a party that we would like to lead the country I think that is really wise. I wish uh, the United States and Canada had compulsory voting. It would be a very different outcome, wouldn't it, if we all had to show up and make that decision. So interesting. Well, I hope whoever needs to be in power gets there, and uh, I hope your business continues to grow and thrive. And I am looking forward to coming back to Australia perhaps next year, as soon as next year. Andrew and I have been talking about doing another event together, so we'll keep you posted for sure. Oh, I would love to be in one of your workshops again, um, Kimberly. and yeah, we'll be hearing, have my ears peeled for those, um, <laughs> those updates. Thank you. Well, thank you again for coming on the show so early and uh, good luck with the voting. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the business of design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today 